I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic, you might know them from last week's episode, it's Kirsty Wiebeck and Josh Earl. Yay! Yay! He hasn't let us out, people. This is a hostage situation. Please, someone send help. I'm hungry and two, thirsty. Two weeks of hanging out together in this He's booth. got dogs at the door. <laughs> a pack of angry biting dogs. Yeah, yeah that and my what was my trained pheasant. I've kept you. <laughs> That's fine. I've kept you in, inside here. Well, thank you, thank you so much for coming back. Can I just say, appreciate that. Pleasure. And, uh, Thanks. Perhaps this is the start of the new book cheat team from now on. This is it? Just the three of us every week. Excellent. <laughs> you commit to commit to a new podcast. Thanks for that. <laughs> Great. I'll clear the schedule. It's so, like when you know how MasterChef first season they had an actual host. And then they yeah. just disappeared her and no one ever mentioned that she was ever on the show ever again. I think this might be, you're the first person to ever mention it in the last yeah. 10 years. But we're now, it's like that. We're just going to like, we're going to come in and no one's ever going to mention that we didn't do the first like yeah. year of the show. I said a few pilots and then we worked out this is the format and here we yeah. go. Yeah. You've got to edit out that bit about what Josh said about MasterChef though or he's just going to disappear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no one, no one talks about that, mate. No one. Sorry. <laughs> Josh was joking. <laughs> Sorry, MasterChef <laughs> executive producers. Yeah. The most dangerous producers yeah. in the biz. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks so much for coming back. Have, have the last two weeks been treating you? Yeah, great. It's been good. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I still, I'm no further in the book I was reading. Oh, I was, that was my, my yeah. next question was, have you read anything in the no, last two weeks? I was going to, yeah, Lincoln and the Bardo. I just, I've been too busy to read. Oh, yes, the Lincoln. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And it was the winner of the, I looked, I looked it up. Man, the Booker Man Prize. Booker, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And yep. Kirsty, anything read in the last two weeks? Yeah, um, I've read three pages. Oh, I think you say three books. And no. I'm like, yeah. pages is good. Yeah, I'm the same as Josh. I've been a little bit too busy to read, but I've read three additional pages of um, Corey White's The Prettiest Horse in the Glue yep. Factory. Um, if you're listening, Corey, stellar three pages. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite three pages yet. You couldn't put those three pages down. No, I couldn't. I couldn't, but I had an appointment, so I had to get going. So that was based off a stand-up show as well. I mean, it's based on his life, but it was, he mm. had, did it as a stand-up show. So it was the first three pages like, hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Move out the front, guys. Move out the front. I won't make fun of you. I won't make fun of you. <laughs> what do you do for a job? <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, what about you? What do you do for a job? All right, yeah, yeah come in, come in. Yeah. Late. Oh, investment banker. Oh, all right. <laughs> Good on you. Thanks like, for coming out. Great. I had someone from in my gig last night from Mauritius, 
And you don't oh, yeah. really hear that. So I had nothing to work on. Like, no local I, references. I, I don't know anything about Mauritius other than the English go there for holidays. That's all I knew. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which seemed very racist when I said that out loud. I went, oh, that's all I know. That the English go there for a holiday. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh, I better. All right. Anyway, back to my material. But then he, he gave me nothing <laughs> when I said, what, what, what's in Mauritius? And he goes, oh, beaches. I'm like, oh, we've got that here. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go. <laughs> You moved on very quickly. Yeah, you're like, I don't know anything about Mauritius, but I'm going to slander You got beaches, who cares? Yeah. We're good by sea, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to the next one. Where are you from? Seychelles? Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that place. Never heard of it. hate it. <laughs> well, this is the first ever part two episode I've done on the show, which is I broke down Wuthering Heights because it's in two volumes when you read it, volume one, which we discussed last week. And we're going to do volume two this week to complete the book and finally get there like I did. I, I was a little bit late tonight because I was literally reading all day to try and, and taking notes. It was right down to the wire. So yeah. the end might just peter out a little bit here, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> no, you, you say no spoilers at the end. That's all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's up to you, listener, to read the rest. I spoil everything except the last two yeah. pages. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a, a previously on Wuthering Heights. Now, if, this, if you are listening now and you haven't listened to last week, I would suggest that people at home listen to the first part? Yeah, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Yep. Yeah. You don't just start the New Testament, guys. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to go from the start. Otherwise, it won't make sense. Yeah. It won't at all. But I'm going to give a recap so it's in your fresh in your minds, a little bit in my mind, and the people that have heard part one. But if, you want to, if you're brave enough to just start at part two, well, I'll try and get you up to speed. So previously on Wuthering Heights, Wuthering Heights is Emily Bronte's only novel published in 1847. And in volume one, we met our narrator... The wealthy Mr. Lockwood, writing in his diary in the year 1801 about renting Thrush Cross Grange. Charming name. Fantastic. Yeah. In Yorkshire, <laughs> England. And he tells us of his intriguing landlord, Mr. Heathcliff, who lives at the neighbouring mansion, Wuthering Heights. Lockwood was so intrigued with his landlord after dropping in unannounced multiple times and being attacked by dogs also multiple times that he asked his long-serving servant, Nellie, to tell him about the history of the property. And Nellie tells most of the story, and we learn some of the events of the previous 20 years. Very simply put, this is what we discovered. A girl named Catherine Earnshaw and her older brother, Hindley Earnshaw, lived at Wuthering Heights, and all was going well until one day their lives changed forever when their father brought home a boy rescued off the streets of Liverpool, and their father simply named him Heathcliff. Catherine and Heathcliff got on very well, whilst Hindley and Heathcliff hated each other. The father took Heathcliff's side, but when he died, Hindley was put back in charge and he mistreated Heathcliff, who swore revenge against his adopted older brother and everyone who had wronged him. Catherine, the sister, was secretly in love with Heathcliff and he was secretly in love with her, but she decided to marry her rich neighbour instead, a man named Edgar Linton. So Heathcliff left one night and didn't come back for three years, but one day he did and now he was fabulously wealthy, but no one knew where he got his money from. Heathcliff stayed at Wuthering Heights with his old enemy and kind of adopted brother Hindley because Hindley was, had developed a gambling problem and hoped to steal Heathcliff's considerable fortune. But really it's the opposite of that and Hindley had to mortgage his properties to pay off Heathcliff. Now we're nearly there. To get back at Catherine for marrying Edgar, Heathcliff married Edgar's younger sister, quote, for revenge only. And his, <laughs> his sister's name was Isabella, who of course once owned a tame pheasant. Ah, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Edgar tells Catherine she must choose between Heathcliff and him, her husband. She does neither and locked herself away, starving herself, and she got very, very sick. 
she did recover slightly, but then also learned that she is pregnant. End of part one. Ooh. Wow. So much stuff going on there. You can see at home if you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to listen to part one now. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't do that. laughs> I'd forgotten half of that. Like, yeah, I um, forgot that she was pregnant. That's yeah. where it ended. Yeah, I'm really stressed now. Now, Sorry before not. we start, <laughs> yes. does it do the classic sitcom thing where they've had the baby and now the baby's three years old and talking? They do not do that. <laughs> oh, family so tie style. Yeah. That ain't great. <laughs> family matters as well. <laughs> oh, so they, do they all do it? Yeah. Today? Yeah. I think the Fresh Prince did as well. There was like, they had a new mum and then, yeah, older kid, five years old, coming in, snapping, oh, snapping re- Yeah, replace the characters, a new mum. Yeah. No one says anything. Tried yeah. The- they did that on Roseanne with Becky. Yeah, but then like they swapped back Becky. as well. Yeah, they swapped back. They brought back old Becky. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're like, nah, we hate the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Get the old one back. Wheel her out of the cupboard. The new one was, um, she was in Scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I can't remember. So that's, that's, she had to leave Roseanne to go on Scrubs, so yeah. they had to wheel out the old one. <laughs> right. That's how TV works, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. They just lock them in a cupboard until they need them again, <laughs> much like this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming out of the cupboard, guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate you being here. So we've got part two to go through here. And if at any point you are confused at all, please sing out because obviously it's been two weeks since we went through part, part one. But uh, in our previous part, Nellie, who's the servant telling most of the story, giving uh, Lockwood the lowdown and us the lowdown and everything, in part one, she agreed to deliver a letter from Heathcliff to the sickly and pregnant Catherine, the woman he's in love with but's married uh, another man. Part two opens with Catherine reading this letter from Heathcliff, being so sick she can barely hold it up. And then Heathcliff dropped by unannounced and uninvited. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Catherine wastes no time and immediately tells him that both Heathcliff and her husband Edgar have equally broken her heart. She accuses Heathcliff of murdering her and wishes she could hold him until they are both dead. Oh. It's quite an emotional scene. That's so, a lot. That's so, a, especially not even having the strength to hold up a letter to go, no, this, I'm going to get this off my chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to strangle you with my hugs. <laughs> yeah. You do not want one of those hugs. <laughs> not again, Catherine. <laughs> week in, week out. You and your bear hugs. She really means it. <laughs> yeah. Well, she tells him that she can't bear the idea of them parting, and uh, he and he tells her that she is the one who killed herself. So she's like, "If I'm going to die, you should die as well." Which yeah, it's kind of romantic, but also not at all. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. Romeo and Juliet, like it's been done before, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't have it. No one has it. Yep. Burn it to the ground. Yeah. Well, and it's an extremely emotional conversation, and she ends up asking him to forgive her. He forgives her for what she did to him, but for not what she did to herself. That's what he said. Ah, oh. which. Isn't really helping anyone in this situation. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Nellie the servant is standing there the whole time, very awkwardly, being like, "Should I go?" Or I don't know. Well, hey. Nellie has the best memory of anyone in the world because <laughs> yeah, she's, she's yeah, memorize everything. So that's why she's hanging around, going, "All right, I've got to put this away for yeah, for the, the memoirs, this minute conversation." <laughs> yeah. And she's not even writing it out; she's actually riffing this yeah. just to just to a man. <laughs> Eventually, they have to part when uh, the husband Edgar comes home, but. Uh, Heathcliff says, I'll be waiting in the garden. Terrifying again. Oh, can I ask, is this all still in diary form? Have we gone part two? Is it now in the first person? Is it now? No, it's still uh, Lockwood being like, oh, okay. a few days later I recovered. But then uh, Nellie told me this yep. into what Nellie said. Yeah, sure. So Heathcliff's going to be waiting in the garden. He's so right. he d- doesn't know about 
all the angry packs of dogs that are loitering. No, he really should watch his back. <laughs> don't go in the garden, Heathcliff. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah don't go anywhere. <laughs> in fact, it's probably best if you let Catherine hug you to death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be less painful in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least there's love in that in some way. A dog biting you to death. There's no love in that. Well, that night, Catherine gives birth to a premature baby. Remember, she's pregnant. Also named Catherine. I will refer to her as Catherine Jr. to avoid confusion. Thank you. But uh, Catherine dies while giving birth to her daughter, Catherine Jr. And when Heathcliff hears the news, he begs Catherine Sr.'s soul to stay with him, even if just to haunt him, as long as she sticks around and he can feel her presence for the rest of his life. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Yeah, That's not good, is it? He actually says, I don't mind if you drive me mad as long as you're there. Nah. Nah, absolutely not. You don't like that? But isn't that marriage... Am I right? Hanging around each other till you drive each other mad, Josh? No. Huh? My, my wife won't listen to this, yeah, yeah, but no. so I don't have to say it's not. But it is. It's lovely. So hang on. So who's looking after this kid then? If she dies? Well, the her, uh, the kid's father, Edgar, is still alive. Oh, yeah. but he's, he's a shell of a man, though. He's lost everything, right? Yeah, yeah, his parents have died. His wife kind of told him she loves another man. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. not very But well. Ca- Catherine's still going to be loitering, ar- oh, loitering yeah, around, loitering around as, as a ghost. <laughs> so I think Catherine's spirit's going to tend Go, to the so baby. <laughs> Catherine's spirit's going to be over his shoulder going, hey, you got to swaddle it before bed. <laughs> Just swaddle that baby. Well, before Speaking of sitcoms, My Mother the Ghost, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good one. <laughs> it is pretty good. <laughs> so Edgar, the husband, is still alive. He's upset, but he watches over her body. A little bit weird. But the moment he leaves, Heathcliff appears from the garden and changes the lock of hair in the locket that the body is wearing, swapping out her husband's hair for his own. Wow, that's so, a power move. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever heard of people being buried with a locket of their love's hair? No. Nah, I'm going right. to start doing it though. It's yeah. quite cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring it back. Not if they get cremated because the smell of burnt hair. Oh, gross. God. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Burnt and that, hair. and yeah. that, little, that little locket of hair yeah. that will just like be way worse way than the over hair power. on your head. Oh, yes, way <laughs> more power in the smell of yeah. burnt flesh and yeah. the hair yeah. on your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon if I started doing that, if I brought that back, though, I reckon I'd have a lock of Josh Earl's hair. I've famously, you've got, you've got very good hair. Famously Thank well-reviewed you. hair. Thank you. It has been well-reviewed, Well-reviewed yes. over the years. It's, it is very good hair. I once got told I was a less Neanderthal-looking Gallagher brother. That was <laughs> that was nice. It's elaborate. Yeah. But, Speaking of uh, being dead in hair, do you know Ned Kelly, when he died, when he was hanged, they shaved all the hair off his head and his beard and took a mould of his head? For, they used to believe in phrenology, so they believed the bumps on his head told of different character traits. Oh, yeah, because I've seen yeah. the Melbourne jail, you can see that, can't you? Yeah, and but the I didn't realize library. they had to take off his hair and yeah, beard for that. They which, shaved it that's, all. His, that's his trademark look. Yeah, but when they ripped, they didn't take his eyebrows off. <laughs> so when they whipped off the mold, they also waxed his eyebrows. Yeah, and but in that mold, <laughs> so inside is his eyebrows. Is no. His eyebrow. So they got the DNA that way. Of, of Ned Kelly. So when they exhumed his bones, they knew exactly what his DNA was. That's so interesting. Yeah. Nothing you, to do with Wuthering Heights, but yeah. No, but you had an excellent fact last episode as well. So anyone who's skipped ahead and hasn't bothered to listen to episode yeah. one, you have made a grave error. <laughs> they are truly missing out <laughs> on those facts. You told the cool story about the book that was donated. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, library, yeah. The, the plague. Need we, yeah. say, we, have, we have to say more. We'll be giving away part one. <laughs> Go back and listen to part one, you fools. <laughs> you learn a lot of great stuff at the library, don't you? Yeah, yeah you that's do. where I work. It's a good place. It's so good. Good place. This is why you got to hang out with Josh Elmore. 
yeah. Steal my hair and my facts. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so he swaps over the hair in the locket, which is, like you say, a real power move. But Nellie, our servant telling the story, she later found this out before the body was buried. buried and she puts both pieces of hair in the locket and ties them up oh. together, which for me is a little bit even creepier. Now she's got two men's hair mixed together hanging around her neck for all eternity. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. I don't know how I feel about it. I really don't know. But uh, Catherine Senior is buried, not in the family Linton plot, but in a separate grave overlooking the moor. And Nellie informs us that years later, Edgar was also buried there with his wife and his hair and Heathcliff's hair all together. Everyone's hair. Yeah. Imagine how big the graves were going to have to get to accommodate for the whole village's (laughs) hair. It's a big pile of hair. They had to dig a super pit oh, because yeah. there's so much hair involved. You have to exhume the hair. Oh, oh god! <laughs> well, now that his love has died, you think that maybe Heathcliff would cut down on some of the revenge, but no, things only get worse from here. He starts becoming physically violent towards his wife Isabella, who remember he married just for revenge in the first place. He is so awful that she runs away, pregnant. To him, she runs away to London and gives birth to a baby named Linton, named after her maiden name, Linton. So now they are separated. Over the next 12 years, Nellie corresponds with Isabella through letters hearing about the family. So a lot of time passes here. Meanwhile, back at Wuthering Heights, Heinley, which is uh, Catherine Senior's older brother, he dies and is in such debt to Heathcliff from his terrible gambling that uh, Heathcliff inherits all of Wuthering Heights and also adopts Heinley's son, who we mentioned at the start of episode one, Harriton. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had some firm views on that yeah. name. <laughs> we, are, we weren't very big in that name, to be honest. <laughs> Bring it back. No, do not do that. <laughs> so he's now in charge of Wuthering Heights. He owns it and uh, now has uh, adopted his enemy's son. Is he going to be nice to his enemy's son? Oh, look, he doesn't have a great track record. How's he getting the kids too? Like his wife's left him because he beat her and then he's gone, oh, I'm a good person to be able to look after some kids. No, I'll take the kid. Where's child services in 1847? (laughs) They go, oh, you're kind of his adopted uncle, I guess. All right. And uh, and so that's what's going on. And as revenge against Harriton's father, the adopted brother, Heinley, that treated him cruelly, he treats Harriton terribly and makes him work for him as a servant. So he was next in line for Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Now he's told, well, your dad gave it to me because of his gambling problems and now you have to be my servant. He's such an asshole. And, and just... He cancels his school, which remember he did that, uh, which was done to him by uh, Hindley in yeah. the first part of this. Oh, wow. And he's so making no effort he's to trying make to make, cycle. trying to make Harriton grow up um, illiterate. That's his mission in life. Gross. To punish his dead father. Oh, wow. Uh, so now we have three children <laughs> in three locations, none of them having a good time. At Wuthering Heights, we have Harriton living with his evil uncle Heathcliff, not being allowed to learn to read. At Thrushcross Grange at the other property, we've got Catherine Jr., who lives with her widowed father, Edgar, who won't let her leave the property for fear of their neighbour, Heathcliff, and she doesn't even know Wuthering Heights exists as she's growing up. Wow. So she's not allowed to leave. And in London, we have Isabella, who lives with Linton, who she conceived with Heathcliff, but ran away from. 
Whew, something's got to be done about this Heathcliff. I know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, so how many sadness. kids are there in place now? There's like three kids. Three kids. Three kids. One in uh, each location. History repeating. Aha! Yes. Oh. Is that, is that uh, am I foreshadowing? This is this is good foreshadowing. <laughs> good. Did you learn this at the library? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what hasn't he learned at the library? <laughs> Well, one day back in London, Isabella gets very ill and Edgar, her brother, rushes to her to see her before she dies. During this time, now 13 years old and very beautiful like her mother, Catherine Jr. decides to leave Thrustcross Grange for the first ever time and explore the world. So her dad goes away and she's like, well, while the cat's away, yeah, yeah, get attacked by a dog. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a pack of angry dogs. <laughs> She goes for a wander, and uh, this is the first time she ever she doesn't know about Wuthering Heights. She's like, oh, there's another mansion next door. I never saw that before. Uh, there she meets Harriton, and the two get on very, very well. Nellie, the servant, arrives to be like, you are not allowed to leave the house. What are you doing? And explains that Harriton is, in fact, her cousin. And uh, she doesn't believe Nellie at first because she, sa- she says, I already have a cousin in London. Nellie has to tell her that people can have more than one cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say, you know the rule, only one cousin. Yeah. One cousin in every family. <laughs> oh, no. So speaking of, uh, of that cousin in London, Linton, well, after his mother sadly dies, he has to go and live with his father, Heathcliff, who also treats him badly. How did Isabella die? Sorry, it's probably not just pertinent. another illness. Yeah. Which, oh yeah, it was eighteen forty-seven. There's so many. Yeah. There's yeah. so many illnesses. She sneezed. <laughs> yeah. How'd she die? She sneezed. She was very healthy when <laughs> she sneezed. <laughs> you better call her brother. She sneezed last night. She doesn't yeah. have long left. <laughs> she sneezed and killed over. <laughs> it's like any film like that, like even Moulin Rouge. As soon as Nicole Kidman had a cough, you're like, oh, well, she's dead. She's yeah. done. Yeah. No one coughs in films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You start grieving yeah. immediately. <laughs> He doesn't know. Yeah, so she's dead. Linton has to go and live with Heathcliff uh, and Harriton. So Heathcliff's got two of the three children now. Yeah. Oh, he wow. is treating them both terribly. Even though Linton is his actual biological son, he sees him as young and weak and uh, loathes him. Well, young and weak is true of a lot of children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in 1847. Yeah. But are Linton and Harriton, are they getting on? Are they uh, brothers well, or is it... Well, they don't hate each other, no. So it's, it's okay, yeah. but they're both sort of at the mercy of their evil All right. father slash adopted uncle. So it's not going well. It's not, it's not nice, but Heathcliff is taking revenge on everyone. A few years go past and Catherine Jr. runs into Heathcliff on the moor, not knowing that that is her uh, adopted uncle. Heathcliff invites her to meet his son at Wuthering Heights, not realising that he is talking about her own cousin, Linton. She's like, oh, I'd love to go meet your son. It'd be great to have a friend. She goes to meet the boy, but they don't recognise each other. They've only ever met each other once and it's been years, so they don't recognise each other as actual cousins. Her and Linton start a secret relationship relationship through letters, which is quickly stopped when Nellie discovers these letters. She destroys the letters and ends the teen's relationship, which is sad, but also they are first cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it okay... With first cousins? <laughs> not that I've been there. <laughs> not that I've been there. I'm just so, asking. So it's, so it's okay for first cousins, but you reckon second cousins is not okay? Well, second yeah. cousins is, is also it's an age gap. It's a issue. Yeah. Cause oh, and the age gap. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Most of the time. But they yeah. can so, be. Yeah, can yeah. be similar. But yeah. That's you reckon true. it's third cousin. Yeah. I thought there was a rule. Fifth. like. Well, first cousins you, sh- you are closer to because you sh- directly share a grandparent. Yeah, but I thought, like, aren't you allowed to marry a cousin somewhere? Yeah, the, the saying is... Here we go. I love that you know the saying. 
if your cousin's number one, that is fine. Go have some fun. If your cousin's number two, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking this so seriously. Like, honestly, you nailed this. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, he's learnt this at the library as well. <laughs> at the library, they say that you're allowed to hook up with your first cousin. <laughs> that would only be if you had a manager yeah. that really liked their cousin. Guys, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so what would I can't remember what I said. If, if it's cousin number one, that is fine. Go have some fun. If it's cousin two to five, don't do it. You won't end up alive. That's what it is. You're going <laughs> to. Okay, that's yeah. good. Then, I, I just thought in the oldie times, like yeah. you, you could, you, like you could have a baby with your first cousin or something, and well, it'd be okay. But there was something about like the well, genes or whatever. I think that's what the royal family was doing. It was all in the in yeah. in the one family for a while, and then they had to go out and kind of go. Oh no, we're, some, we're spread not. Spread the gene pool. Get some new blood because or they're living too old. They're but, so old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are old. So old, all of them. Yeah, that's why. That's why you're not allowed to hook up with your cousins. Because like yeah. society fears that your offspring live forever. will live forever. <laughs> the closer to the closer to you, your husband or wife is in in family relationship, the longer your children will live. So if you have something with your brother or sister, they will live to be two hundred. <laughs> you heard it here first. So if you read the Bible, in the first, like the people in that were living to like a thousand years old because yeah. there wasn't that many people around in the early days. So I had to have sex with their cousins. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, there are thousands. That's your theory, old. Dave. There you yeah, go. yeah. It checks out. Yeah, and they were such a drain on the public health yeah. system. <laughs> People are like, we've got to get rid of this. <laughs> Marry someone that isn't your cousin. Oh. <laughs> but they're so attractive. <laughs> hey, book cheaters. Just Dave here to tell you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Now, Audible members now get more than ever before. If you're an Audible member, you can choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Did you know this? Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors and motivational speakers. Now, if you want to get more out of Wuthering Heights, you've heard me talk about it the last couple of weeks, but if you want to hear the whole story, you can listen to Wuthering Heights on Audible, performed by Joanne Froggett, who you may know from Downton Abbey and also has been a voice on Bob the Builder. You can listen to her 12 and a half hours, and if you get your free trial, you can get that now. 12 and a half hours, Wuthering Heights, performed by one of the best in the biz, and get even more out of this classic. So if you would like to start listening with a 30-day Audible trial, you'll get your first audio book plus two Audible originals for free. All you have to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Audible will know you came through us or me. It's just me over here, and uh, they'll keep sponsoring the show, and you will get all that stuff for free and fall in love with the Audible app. All you have to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. This week's episode of Bookcheat is also brought to you by the good people at Care Of. If you're not familiar, Care Of is a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. Give yourself support this season with a boost. Whether you're looking for energy, better sleep, or to maintain stress, something else you need to feel your healthiest, Care Of has got you covered. And if you're not sure exactly where to start, Care Of 
will tell you. They've got a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, your health goals, lifestyle choices, and it only takes five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically-backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders, and more. It's also a lot of fun, to be honest. I took the quiz, so I found out what I need. And if you've done it before, it's now new and improved to learn if you're getting enough protein, fiber, and good fats to determine if you could benefit from Care-of's new natural protein powders. It's really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking, but Care-of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. Now, I recommend you go on there, you do the quiz, and if it tells you you need something and you want to make an order for 30% off that first order, all you have to do is go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code BOOKCHEAT30. That's BOOKCHEAT30. Number three, number zero. For your 30% off your first care of order, just go to takecareof.com and enter the promo code BOOKCHEAT30. Thanks, Care Of. Now back to the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So they've been writing letters and uh, they seem to like each other a lot, but then Nellie breaks it up because she doesn't want Heathcliff involved in anyone's life, basically. But one day, Catherine, Catherine Jr. climbs the wall to her estate, being a bit bored, but she can't get back in as they can't find the key to the gate and you can't climb back in from the, from the outside. So she's just locked outside the wall. <laughs> Storytelling. And um, she runs into Heathcliff again, who accuses Catherine of breaking his son Linton's heart by cutting off the letters suddenly and that he is now very sick because of his broken heart and she, he asks her to come and visit Linton, his son. She feels bad and agrees the next day to go along, and when she does, Linton basically asks Catherine to marry him. What a lucky exchange they just had. Why didn't, if his son's really sick of a broken heart, just go next door and knock on the door and say, hey, can you come over and... Hello. My son's a bit sick, not when he's on his deathbed, and say, hey, speaking of running into you... Oh, yeah. my... Yeah. You, you killed my yeah. son. <laughs> yeah, come and marry him. <laughs> yeah. There's only one cure. How, how old are they now? They're still really young, though. Oh, she's 16 and he's maybe a little bit older. Oh, uh, in, no, in ye olde times, that was over the hill. Oh, yeah, you're too They're up. like, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you're 16, you're not getting any older. Yeah, your you parents aren't cousins. You will not yeah. live for, to be <laughs> yeah. long, for a long time. Yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> so, but he's like, marry me. And she says, uh, no, thanks. I'm not in, she's not into the idea. And she actually shoves his chair because she's taken it aback. And he accuses her of assault. And he says, I was already very sick, but now I'm worse because of that. And he guilts her and begs her to nurse him back to health. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> yeah, no emotional no blackmail. Don't fall yeah. for it, Catherine well, Jr. Well, she does. Ugh. She starts secretly travelling to Wuthering Heights every night to be with her cousin to sort of nurse him back to health. Don't say her cousin. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ella. Didn't have to put that in there. She does this for a bit, but then she decides to stop doing so and she tells Lyndon, I'm not going to visit you anymore. And um, her father... Edgar finds out, and he's also not pleased about this, and forbids Catherine from ever visiting Mothering Heights. But he does agree to let Linton visit them at Thrustcross Grange, even though she's like, oh, I didn't want to really see him anyway, but okay. Meanwhile, Edgar is very sick himself and uh, very near to death. This is Catherine Jr.'s father. Catherine does meet up with Linton on the moors one day where Linton admits 
this is a on again off again boyfriend that his father Heathcliff has actually been forcing Linton to pursue Catherine Junior. <sighs> this is uh oh. So he's been making him write letters to her to try and make her fall in love with him, and that's why he came around and said, "You broke my son's heart. Come and meet him." And he was basically waiting the winds going wings going. Ask her to marry you. Do we know why? This is some real tiger parenting bullshit. Yeah. It is. Well, he's, he's, he's recreating his relationship with Catherine Senior. Well, his his plan the is offspring. His his big evil plan is that if Catherine Junior marries his son Linton, he will then have a claim on Thrustcross Grange, the neighbouring property, as well as his house, Wuthering Heights. That if he pulls this off, his revenge against Edgar, the man that married his true love, Catherine, will be complete because he'll own everything and be have power over everyone. He is one of literature's greatest villains. Yes. Yeah, he's a piece of work, isn't he? Um, I think he's also recreating his relationship with Catherine Senior. Yeah. yeah. Like, like those da- like dads who almost made it like to the professional sports thing and then they yeah. just go, oh, my kid's going to do it. Yeah. And then they're just a bit too keen yeah. all the yeah. time. And, and their kid's like, no, I want to do drama. Yeah. Get on the field, son. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up the tennis racket. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> Get out there. See, the Kate Bush song makes Heathcliff seem quite nice. Yeah. Mm. I don't reckon she read half. Yeah. Uh, half, read, halfway. She no, she just got the name Heathcliff yeah. and ran with it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I call, this, I call my track Wuthering Heights. That sounds pretty deep. Yeah. I'm into literature. Yeah. What's the main protagonist's name? Heathcliff. That's got a ring to it. Cathy. Heathcliff. Cathy. That's me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Josh and I are available yes. for weddings. <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful duet, can I just say. Wow. And we only stopped short because we didn't want Dave to have to pay the APRA fees. Yeah, That's thank all. you so That's much. But if you yeah. want to hear the full version, we yeah. should go to both of your websites. Yeah. So we can <laughs> book you in. Do you just do... Uh, Kate Bush stuff, or is it just literature based things? Literature based stuff. Yeah, reform once you got a residency at the library. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of stuff, like exciting new projects. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, watch this space. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Exciting news to come. <laughs> Love that. That's the first tweet. And <laughs> Kirsty's rap about Tessa the, the Dervervilles. Very good. Very good. <laughs> It was all very off the cuff, but it just came oh, Fantastic. My name is Mr. Hardy and I'm here to say. <laughs> oh, love, love that. Okay, so he's gone full psychopath. And just when you think he couldn't get any more evil, Heathcliff kidnaps Nellie, the servant, and Catherine Jr. and forces them back to his house at Wuthering Heights, not allowing them to leave until Catherine marries his son, Linton. Whoa. He forces a marriage. He doesn't let Nellie leave for five whole days and they tell the town that, oh, they're lost on the moor somewhere. So no one really knows where they are. They just go looking for them. Catherine Jr. does manage to escape and she sees her father, Edgar, one last time before he dies. Again, an illness. But seeming as she is married to Linton now, legally, she does not inherit her father's wealth and therefore it goes to Linton and practically, or basically to his father, Heathcliff. So his plan is coming to fruition. Catherine is then forced to live at Wuthering Heights and also has to work to earn her keep. She tells Heathcliff that she and Linton are in fact in love, which I, I doubt, doubt that. She's like, no, we're in love, uh, and takes comfort in the fact that no one loves Heathcliff. So she tries to, I think it's more of a put down to him, being like, no one loves you, even yeah. though you forced me to marry your son. So now all three of the children are living under Heathcliff and he's got power over all of them. Sadly, uh, Linton... Also has been sickly throughout the whole book, and he also dies. 
Yeah. Uh, the body count in this text is uh, approaching a John Wick. Film. Yeah, he, he did. There he, is so he, many deaths. Linton did have a sniffle on page four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was foreshadowing. Certainly, yeah. we knew it was coming. It's amazing he held on for another two hundred and fifty pages. It's incredible. If there's any writers listening to this, give all your characters just a bit of a cough, but never follow up on it. Just so the readers going, they're going to die soon. They're going to die anytime now. They anytime coughed on page now. seventeen. They're going to die soon. <laughs> And they, by the end of the book, they're still yeah. thriving. <laughs> Everyone's confused. What? People are like, what is this, a dream sequence? How, yeah. how can this still be alive? But this was set in the 1700s and he, he coughed on page four. <laughs> How's he still thriving? <laughs> no one recovered from a cough. He called the doctor and they, they basically, are they coughing? Yep, yeah. They're gone. <laughs> My diagnosis, death. Death is approaching. A sneeze? Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Bury them now. <laughs> <laughs> start digging while they're healthy. Yeah. Okay, get them to help. Yeah, yeah they start digging their own grave. Open their locket. Yeah. Chuck in a lock of your hair. <laughs> they're out. So uh, Linton's gone, leaving two children remaining. We've got Harriton, who's uh, still serving as a servant, and then uh, also Catherine, who, despite the man she was forced to marry dying, she has to live with Heathcliff at Wuthering Heights. She's basically trapped there. Heathcliff then tells Nellie who is our servant and storyteller, a very strange story, which, again, she tells in intricate detail. Right. Heathcliff says that um, he went to the grave of his old love, Catherine Senior, and that he had a grave digger dig her up, and that when he opened the coffin, he saw her face, and she had not decomposed at all, and he thinks that she's waiting for him to die so that they can decompose together. So he's starting to lose it a little bit at this point. Yeah, that is psycho behaviour. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dig her up to have a look at her. Like. Yeah, how's she doing? <laughs> oh, she looks great. Yeah, and that's like that's beyond like Romeo and Juliet stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah she wanted us to decompose Also, together. this grave digger, what are you doing digging them back up for? Like, yeah. you don't do that. I don't know, I care how much it, money he's paying. Okay, it's got to be a pretty big tip in that, yeah. surely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, but I, Heathcliff asked. What, what are you going to do with it? Oh, don't ask questions. No, not doing it. I just I want just, to see her face. Yeah. yeah. I want to see how she looks. Yeah. <laughs> by this point, she has been dead for 18 years. Nah. That grave digger has hasn't aged a day. Yeah. Either that or she looked so much so terrible when she died. Yeah. You can't tell the difference. She was that That's, ill. Oh, yeah. She looks, looks, looks great. The grave digger's like, does she? <laughs> okay. That's how I remembered her. <laughs> he really he thinks that they're going to decompose together one day, which Gross. is a horrible thing. He also says that Catherine's ghost has tormented him since she died 18 years earlier and that he can't actually speak to her, but he feels her presence. Yeah. He invited that, though. Yeah, he did. He wanted her to haunt him. Yeah, please haunt me, Catherine, forever. Drive me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Drive me mad so we can decompose together. Yeah. Oh, man, what a, what a dream. No one really said that should be a Valentine's Day card. I want to decompose with you. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. means I'd like to die in an accident yeah. on the same day as you, so we're buried at the same yeah. time. I was just thinking, I'll, I'm going to give it a test run when I get home tonight. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. pitch it to my partner and I'll let you know the results. I hope we get to decompose together. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> you you and me, Elle, one day we're going to decompose together. I've said this on my podcast, but I'll say it on you. Like, my parents, at the end of, at the end of their... Marriage when they it was clear to everyone they were not in love anymore. My mum actually said to us, 
when we die, when if I die after your father dies, do not bury me next to him. I've slept next to him for the last 30 years. I don't want to sleep next to him for all of eternity. And that's when my <laughs> wife said to me, I don't reckon your parents love each other anymore. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I feel like that really was at least the beginning of the end. Yeah. The final nail in the coffin. That was it. <laughs> she would rather sleep next to a stranger. Yeah. I just want my own patch of dirt. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I finally just want something that's... My own, yeah. even if it is a patch of dirt. <laughs> yeah. Next Sorry, you seem you seem very shocked by that, Dave. No, no. no. So it, they're way happier now. They're separate. So, it's, they're, so they're happier now. Yeah, way happier. And she's happy to be buried next to she her new partner. Be, yeah, I, I don't know if she'll be buried next to her new partner. You've got to ask. <laughs> I don't know. It never came up at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> So how serious are you two? Is it uh, we bury next to each other serious or yeah, yeah. Yeah. is it forever forever? Yeah. We are planning on decomposing <laughs> together. That's how I bring it up, yeah. yeah. That's the soft way to bring yeah. it up. <laughs> if you are, you know, obviously uh, this happens a lot when one uh, partner dies a lot earlier than the other one. 18 years of decomposing. You've got to catch up a lot there, don't you? That's Yeah. Yeah, you've got a lot of ground to cover. If you're, if you're the ones that are alive, spend a lot of time in the sun, just ruin that skin. <laughs> yeah. Just so, start, yeah. start decomposing whilst you're still alive. Just so they don't get the, such yeah. a big head start on you. Yeah. Just uh, squeeze some like, lime yeah. on yourself when you're going to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, this that actually brings Nelly up to present day. She's been telling the last 20 years to Mr Lockwood who's been uh, writing it in his diary, and that's basically all she knows. She hasn't seen uh, Catherine Jr. in the few years since. She worries for Catherine, noting the only thing that uh, could ever save her from evil Heathcliff at this point is another marriage, which she doesn't seem possible, because where's she going to meet a man? Yeah. She's basically trapped in in Wuthering Heights. Uh, Mr. Lockwood is absolutely disgusted about what he has heard about his landlord and how he treats people. And The next day, he gives notice of his intention to move out and goes to live instead in London. He's like, I cannot, in all good conscience, live in a house owned by this man. Mm. That's fair enough. So now living over in Wuthering Heights is Heathcliff. Harriton Earnshaw, his adopted brother's son that he's um, kept illiterate all these years, and Catherine Jr., who supposedly married, uh, who supposedly is his daughter-in-law. They're the three people left there. Uh, before he leaves Wuthering Heights, Lockwood has an awkward dinner with Heathcliff and Harriton. <laughs> you just heard about this guy, how awful he is. Yeah. You can't just give notice back in the day by giving a letter. He goes around there to tell them over a dinner. And it's very, very awkward. And on his way out, he thinks to himself how much better Catherine's life would be if she would just marry him and leave with him. But then he just leaves. Doesn't really float the idea of rescuing her at all. He's just like, well, anyway... <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Later. So he goes to live in London, but six months go by and uh, Lockwood visits Nellie. He needs updates in the story and, frankly, so do we. Yeah, yeah. Six Big months time. have gone past and he's like, I need to know how this ends. He visits uh, Thrustcross Grange, his old uh, manor where he was renting, but he can't find Nellie, his servant, because she has taken up a job at Wuthering Heights after the last maid has left. So now she's gone and living living with Heathcliff. So Lockwood... Uh, goes over there, and there is a big development. Catherine, who at first mocked her cousin Harriton for not being able to read, has completely come around to him. Ah, oh, history repeating. Here we go. Mainly because he accidentally shot himself whilst out <laughs> on the farm. And um, There's no aphrodisiac yeah. like an accidental <laughs> oh gunshot Oh, God, I shot wound. myself. 
That is so hot. <laughs> he shoots himself and she feels sorry for him. I like a him. man who lets his pistol off early. Like. <laughs> she feels sorry for him and uh, she helps him to recuperate and she pro- apologises for making fun of him for his lack of reading and says, I'll teach you to read. And mm. over that, they begin to bond and in do so fall in love and now plan to be married again. Her cousin, Catherine, plans to marry 100% of her living cousins. <laughs> she's ticking them all <laughs> yeah. off. And 100% of every man of her age that she's ever met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, she's going to live forever at this Oh, yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Marrying two cousins? My God. That's the secret to eternal life. <laughs> Meanwhile, Heathcliff, their uh, father-in-law and uncle, doesn't approve of the relationship basically because they'll be able to get away from him, but struggles to treat either of his children meanly as they remind him too much of Catherine, his uh, his long-lost love. In fact, everything starts reminding him of Catherine and he starts to refuse food and mutters her name a lot. He really uh, goes a little crazy. He becomes a little Cathy come home all the time. Yeah. That's all I can think about. He goes out for a walk one night and he stays out all night and when he returns home, he claims to have seen heaven and seems to be in the first good mood of his entire life. He seems to communicate with an apparition in front of other people, but no one can see who he's talking to. So he's, uh, yeah, he started to see things at this point, and soon after, Heathcliff dies. There was much scandal, but he was buried in the town, but Heathcliff was buried next to Catherine Senior and her husband, Edgar. So the three of them, away from everyone else. Under a pile of hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ultimate hairy love triangle. <laughs> Oh, so there's, there's hair everywhere. They're all together. Hair for days. <laughs> and some locals also claim to have seen the ghost of Heathcliff walking around the moors. But there you go. Uh, Lockwood, our storyteller, is told that Catherine Jr. and Harriton plan to marry on New Year's Eve of that year and that they will inherit all of Wuthering Heights and thrust cross-grained and now are finally free of the evil Heathcliff. Lockwood... Hears them arrive home because he's uh, hanging out at uh, Wuthering Heights and decides to leave quickly before seeing them, but not before stopping by the graves of Catherine, Edgar and Heathcliff all in a row. And the final line of Wuthering Heights is a description of their three headstones sitting next to each other. This is how it all finishes. Quote, I lingered round them under the benign sky, watched the moths fluttering among the heath and harebells, listened to the soft wind breathing through the grass, and wondered how anyone could ever imagine unquiet slumbers for the sleepers in that quiet earth. End quote. Did you notice that he did refer to harebells? Harebells, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heath just, and harebells. <laughs> There's that much hair. <laughs> Even the bells were hairy. <laughs> Oh, but that's a, so that's sort of a, puts the fin on the book. He's like, well, they're all gone now. Everyone's gone. That's it. So it seems a bit uneventful. I mean, there's so much death in oh, it. Oh, basically, from the start of the book, the only people that, that you meet that don't die are uh, Harriton, who marries Catherine Jr., Mr. Lockwood, who's telling the story, Nellie, the servant, and uh, I haven't mentioned him on this episode, but our Yorkshire man from the yeah. last episode, Joseph. Outlives them all, the man that no one can understand. In fact, on his way out, Lockwood gives him a gold coin and says, see you later. And he replies, good on you, Joseph. And then he walks around the corner and gets eaten by a pack of angry dogs. So, Yeah, yeah. And they sail off into the sunset. 
I know it's a classic, but it just seems the second half, it wasn't like there's so much, because there's so much death and so much oh, history repeating. The stakes don't seem as high in the, as in the first one. Like yes, yeah, so I, I would say that I enjoyed the first half more than the second because yeah. I was like, where's this going? Yeah. Where's this going? It doesn't really go anywhere. It was anywhere. A, bit, a bit more mysterious. And yeah, and, and, and Heathcliff becomes a little too evil yeah. for me in the second half. Which obviously people are pretty, but he does everything, and it's just a bit sad. Yeah, yeah, like, um, th- like the mistreatment of Harriton and like keeping him illiterate intentionally. Like, yeah, like yeah. He's, he just takes revenge like, to a little ups- too far. Yeah, like to upset the dead dad. Like, yeah. come on, mate. Yeah, give him dead. A, give it, give it. <laughs> he's dead. I mean, you've won in yeah. a way. You're, I mean, yeah. you definitely. You're now filthy rich. You own the the the, the house and everything. Yeah. Why do you have to keep his son dumb? Yeah, they're dead under a pile of hair. Yeah. And also nothing really happens. Like Heathcliff turns mad, but no one really gets revenge on him. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's unresolved, isn't it? Yeah. He just like goes mad and dies. Yeah, he's he should be buried at, to decompose with his love. Like, yeah, she can finally she, decompose. Yeah, they can decompose. So Catherine together. Jr. says no one loves you, and that obviously hurts. But like apart from that, no one really like yeah, no, he's it's missed. not like it's like Kevin and the Wet Bandits. Like he should, yeah. they should have put yeah, toys yeah, all around, uh, some big comeuppance, yeah. Wuthering Heights, yeah. or yeah, yeah, like someone. I don't know. Someone could have killed him. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's literature, isn't it? I don't ordinarily. Or he could have lost murder, but like I'm, I'm saying that. Oh yeah, you're saying, he could have gone. Yeah, for the, for the sake of a story. For the sake yeah. of a story, he could have lost everything. It could have been like the yeah. kids come up and yeah. yeah, it didn't have to be a murder. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty extreme. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, definitely he could have lost everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he sort of had everything, and just funny. He he got revenge on everyone. Yeah, and no one yeah. got revenge on him. Like yeah. Lockwood could have come in as the I don't have a horse in this race, but you're an asshole, and let's yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been know. cool. Hey, if Lockwood but, just came from nowhere, like yeah. just to check in and get the goss off Nelly, but ended up just like shaving off Heathcliff's eyebrows, yeah, and, like, <laughs> pushing him into a well. Yeah. Cop that. <laughs> yeah, you're mean. But really, what he did was go. You're a bad guy. I'm going to go and have dinner with you yep. and tell you I'm moving. And that is the extent of how I'm going to act on about this. And then I'm going to come back six months later because this is some juicy goss. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening yeah. in that? Yeah. My diary yeah. needs to be finished. <laughs> Nelly, sleep with one eye open because I'm coming yeah. back for the goss. <laughs> yeah, I need, all, I, need, I need to know. I need to know. But, yeah, that, that, that's, that's how, it all, how it all wraps up. And Heathcliff. You know, I've, he- I've heard people talk about Heathcliff over the years, but I did not realise how awful he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think people talk about it enough. Mm. Yeah, enslaving people and abusing women and, yeah, forcing people to marry each other. Like, he, That's a lot of crimes in there. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah. He's not going to be passing 2019. He's uh Oh, we would let's, cancel Let's him. cancel, let's cancel get, Heathcliff. Heathcliff yeah. has been officially cancelled. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, we just crossed him out. Yep. <laughs> Heathcliff's been crossed out. <laughs> now, at the end of uh, part one, I got you guys to rate it out of five, and uh, you, both of you gave part one three and a half out of five. Yeah. yeah. I gave it four and a half out of five because I was heavily invested at the time. I thought sure. I was absolutely hooked on it on part one. At the end of part two, how are you feeling? Is it still a three and a half out of five, this classic, or... Josh, you seem a little I've dropped down a half a star. I'm going to go three. I still, it's still interesting, and it, it's obviously a classic for a reason. It must be very well written, but yes, I just think I think part of the intrigue is the way that it is written, yeah. and that I, it's difficult for me to get that across. If you're just going from plot, yeah, the first half way more action packed. than the Yeah, second the first half. half was fantastic. There's no dogs in the second half. Yeah, not, not a dog to be seen. I was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> 
for me, that's why it dropped down. <laughs> All as we well. wanted was one pack of dogs in yeah. the second half. It didn't have to be as pack of dog heavy. Yeah. As the first half was, but one pack yeah, like would have been great. Callback or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people were wandering around the malls and stuff and sneaking across to Wuthering Heights. There was plenty of opportunities. So many opportunities for a quick mauling. Yeah, <laughs> just a quick bite under the head. Instead of him getting like shooting himself, like was it Linton who shot himself? Yeah, accidentally. It should have been a dog mall. Yeah, should've yeah been. it should. I been. couldn't see the. I could, didn't read the beware of dog sign. Yeah, just went in. <laughs> should have been a dog mall. Yeah. And that, you know that would have made sense because. <laughs> Catherine Junior would have been like, well, you know what? Once my mum on your parents' uh, property was mauled, and that's how, yeah, uh, they fell in love. Yeah, they bonded over the over the. So maybe I'll fall in love with you whilst I'm yeah. helping you out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she would have seen it more of a of a sign. Oh wow, this is actually meant to be. This is kismet. Yeah, and yeah, and I think that a general rule of thumb is that the victim of a dog mauling is always going to be hotter. Than and the victim of an someone who shot themselves, <laughs> self-inflicted gunshot wound. Oh no! <laughs> it is harder to look cool after that, isn't it? Yeah, it's way harder to be mauled by. A dog. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. And how about you, Kirsty? So it's three and a half for part one, but overall, now you've had part two. <laughs> so out of five for out overall. Five. All right. Um, I think I'm going to give it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick with the 3.5. 3.5. Yeah. No worries. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I definitely think it maxed out in the first half. Yeah, it was a great first half. Yeah. yeah. I do I I like I do like the um like the ghost theme. Yes, like, I, and I was I, I, I do surprised think it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for like very... a year oldy book. I think it's yeah. interesting having like that spirit sort of thing. Yeah, happening. yeah, and as yeah. I mentioned last week, I was expecting a Pride and Prejudice style yeah. tale, and it had it's a lot more uh, grit. Yeah, uh, high body count. Absolutely, high body count, supernatural themes, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah, that's a three point five from me. Yeah, no. <laughs> fantastic. Eighteen and a half <laughs> dog pack attacks. <laughs> Well, uh, out of five, I'm going to give it an overall a four, which means overall between the three of us, it averages out to a three and a half. That's good. So pretty good. That's pretty good, I reckon. That's yeah. pretty good. It's heaps good. That does. That good, is good on you, Bronte. Yes, good on you, Bronte. And maybe one day I will get to the other Bronte's works. Yeah, you will. I believe Thank in you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Maybe <laughs> maybe you guys can be my Bronte crew. All right. Bring you back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. I'd love to be the Bronte yeah. crew. We would serve the sisters as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we get to – maybe that's right. We can decide who the best Bronte sister yeah, is. Yeah, we're pitting the Bronte sisters yeah. against each other. <laughs> or is it uh, Branwell, the uh, oh, brother? Yeah. The yeah. Jim Core yeah. of the Brontes. And then we'll move on to the Hemsworths. We'll go with the Brontes <laughs> and the Hemsworths. We'll compare their, compare their books. Oeuvre. <laughs> Uh, but the only thing left to do is uh, people support the show on Patreon, which is a fantastic thing that people do, where they support this show as well as uh, Do Go On, my show with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins, and Matt Stewart's other show, uh, Primates. And uh, if you want to do so, you will be supporting all three of those shows. And at the same time, I announce the books in advance. So some people wanted to, like a book club, read along beforehand. So you get to know all that kind of stuff. And there's a bunch of other rewards that we give out bonus episodes of Do Go On every month. But on this show, I like to read out three people's favorite book and we get to indulge their choices. Great. Or judge their choices. Yeah, judge. I mean, indulge. (laughs) Well, let me know what you think of these ones. So first of all, I'd like to thank supporting the show on Patreon this week is Will White, who has written in to tell me Will White's favorite book has to be, let's cheat a little bit here, Will. 
the entire Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. Oh. Have you read any of these? I've not read any of these, but I've read there were, when I was working at school library. There was lots of kids who loved Terry Pratchett, but I've never really read. You know, I know it's all like it's funny, isn't it? It's funny and science fiction. Is, is that what it, it is? Funny wow. and nerdy. Yeah. He let's he says I don't know of any other author who has made me laugh and cry so much at nothing other than words on a page. Oh. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, good choice, Will. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Will. <laughs> that sounded so insincere, yeah. but I mean it. <laughs> I'm happy you're happy, Will Good White. On, Will, we're happy for you, man. <laughs> thank you so much. I'd also like to uh, thank Nick Verderosa, whose favourite book is Aragon from the Inheritance series. Wow, you're listeners, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I know, they're really like a, a series of things. An amazing start to a modern fantasy epic. Can't beat dragons, magic, elves, family drama, and epic battles. So Aragorn, is he from Lord of the Rings? Is that who? I think that might be Aragorn. And Aragorn. this is Aragorn with an E. Right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sounds, sounds sci-fi again. Um, also sounds like the author's trying to get dumb people like me who doesn't know the difference. Going, oh, it might be a Lord of the Rings oh, yeah, pick this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to try and riff off this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call my book Harry Cotter. And it's... Uh, <laughs> And the Philosopher's Bone. <laughs> so the porn parody? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Not that kind of bone. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking up here The Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paolini. Uh, four books in that, and Aragon is the first one. There you, there you go. Thank you so much, uh, Nick Federosa. He said it's pretty much a kid-friendly a song of ice and fire. Huh. Which, well, that's the Game of Thrones yeah. source text. Good on you, Nick. There you go. Thank you so much. And finally, I would like to thank Rachel Rassi, who says, favourite book, simple one here, has to be Harry Potter. And anyone who says otherwise is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who says that your favourite book is not Harry Potter is wrong? Is that? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Rachel, was it? Yeah, Rachel. Okay, we won't argue with you, Rachel. Rachel, we won't. That is your favourite book. Yeah, do you know what? I reckon Harry Potter's Rachel's favourite book. Yeah. (laughs) Do you reckon? Anyone who says anything different is wrong. (laughs) Rachel, off air, just before Dave said that he reckons that Harry Potter's not your favourite book. I did say that. And and Josh and I were like, nah, we reckon it's her favourite book. Don't say that. All right, fine. Fine, I won't say anything. (laughs) Good on you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Great series, Harry Potter. We appreciate that. I actually have read that one. And you you are a fan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. You can see why it would be Rachel's favourite book. Absolutely. Because she's into that. Yeah. Good on you, Rachel. I believe you that it's your favourite book, Rachel. Dave doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just always thought you were more of a Lord of the Rings type person. Oh, yeah. But there's three uh, fantasy series there. Yeah. That people are really into. Yeah, that's amazing. Hmm. I think I've got to do more fantasy on the show. That's what I was about to say. Like, it's really starting to look like that. Yeah, I'll do. (laughs) Aragon, that's your next book. Yeah, yeah, I have to do it. I have to do it now. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much, everyone that supports the show online and uh, shares it around. We do appreciate that. But that does bring us to the end of part two, Wuthering Heights. What a time we've had together. The laughs, the tears, the dog attacks. Yep. There's uh, been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of dog lots, attacks. A lot of deaths. A lot of deaths. And a lot of moving on very quickly in the text. Yeah. And they died. Anyway, the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's... I just hope one day the three of us will be able to decompose together. Yes. If I go first, I'll hang on. I'll cut my hair off and put it in lockets around your necks. Thread them together. I'd really like that. (laughs) 
That would be great if you said to my – I'd die young and you said to my parents, look, we once joked on the podcast that he'd like some of my hair in his locket. He really committed to a bit, this guy. You understand. You Chuck it. it in his grave. Chuck it in. I give permission. On the record, here I am. Bit of Kirsty and Josh here. It'd be, it'd be an honour. It'd be an honour. You got it. But it was an honour to have both of you on the show. Thank you so much for coming back and uh, seeing this thing through. Um, if we wanted to hear or see more of your fantastic work, first of all, Josh, you got the uh, Don't You Know Who I Am podcast. I do have a podcast. comes out every Thursday. It's a quiz where I quiz four people about their expert topics, which is themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and you often get – it's mostly it's, comedians and they love to talk about themselves. Yeah, it, it is mostly comedians. So I have a few music, musicians sometimes as well. Yeah. It's a really good time. Yeah, go yes. to joshow.com.au. Fantastic. And, and if people are in Melbourne, you've got the live show. We have a out. seasonal live show. So seven weeks, Sunday, starting November 3, going up to December 15 at the Catfish. So same place. Go to joshow.com.au for tickets. Great. And you always have fantastic guests for the live ones. I mean, yeah. It's always a great time. But, yeah, the live ones, you often, yeah. The guests, yeah I've been on a live one. Yeah, like, you just, were with just ha- Hamish Blake, yeah, Ella, and Hooper. Ella Hooper, and Dave Thornton. Dave oh, Thornton, yeah. classic live. Yeah, yeah, that's good. amazing. It was an amazing lineup. Yeah, yeah. so I, uh, yeah, I... I've sent out all the emails and trying to collate who's going to be good together. Do you have a spreadsheet? Is it a nightmare on a spreadsheet? Is that how no, you do it? No, it's just a Word document. And right. I just do it that way. Yeah, don't need any spreadsheet. Good on you. It's, just, just a note on my phone. It's, it's four, four names a week. That's all I need. Yeah, but you getting four a week is impressive. It really is. Thanks. It is good. Thanks. And Kirsty, if we wanted to probably see you live, you are always touring in Australia. Yes, I'm always around. Um, probably my socials, Kirsty Wiebeck. W-E-B-E-C-K, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, www.kirstiewebeck.com, whatever. Fantastic. Which you did tell us last week. You haven't updated since, what was it, 2016 or something? <laughs> all right, mate. All right. <laughs> but I imagine, no, you could link to all your But I will link to all the things that we've just mentioned there in, in the description of this episode if you want to make it easy for yourselves to follow these guys and support them for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. But thank you. Until next week, I'll say thank you for listening and books forever. forever. Yeah, yeah, we did it. <laughs> oh, no one's ever joined in before. Thank you. That felt good. I was waiting. I can't, couldn't wait. <laughs> the Bronte crew will return. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's, it's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 